Well, we're in a series about changing our climate in our life, relationally, emotional, our emotional, relational climate with others, with ourselves. Uh, it's a good series. A great way to start off the year by saying, hey, let's, let's make 2016 the best year that we have ever had before. And a lot of this is it, it's contingent upon relationships. It's contingent upon how we can manage our emotions. And so that's really what this series is about. So we're, we're in part three. So we're going to, um, last three weeks, I'm going to review just a little bit so you guys catch you guys up if you haven't heard, kind of a little know what's going on. Uh, the first week, we talked about how the climate dictates the forecast. So the key principle is that uh, if, if you understand the climate you're in, you can pretty much fork, you can predict that forecast, what it's going to look like. But relationally, when you're in a climate that's unhealthy, you can predict how that relationship's going to end up. If you go to work angry, you can pretty much predict how that day's going to go, right? And, and so we're, we're talking about that. We, in fact, we said this, the forecast of our relationships will remain the same until the climate begins to change. So things are going to stay the same until things begin to change. 2016 will look like 2015 unless we choose to make different choices and begin to change the things that need to be changed. So that was, that was week one. Second part, we talked about uh, insecurity, uh, a key area that affects our climate uh, emotionally and, and uh, relationally with others is insecurity. Now, Robert did a great job talking about that. Insecurity is, is, is the most emo- common emotional problem uh, that people go through. Um, so it results from low confidence, low self-esteem, uh, feeling socially inadequate, all the things that go with that, comparing ourselves to others. And, he, and here's the key principle he gave us last week when it comes to insecurity. Uh, insecure, if insecurity comes from the fear of being unaccepted, then acceptance is the cure for insecurity. So the cure is not to you know, make yourself feel better about how you look and, and, and how you, how you, everything like that, which is important. I'm not saying that's not important, but really it comes from finding acceptance of yourself and, and how God made you and really finding acceptance from God. It was a great message. If you didn't hear it, you can go pick up the CD on the way out or you can uh, go to iTunes and our, our website and you can listen to the messages. But that was, part, that was week two. So we're in week three, and today for part three, we're going to be talking about another climate shaper in our lives. This is a big one. This one affects every single one of us, and sometimes on a daily basis it affects us, depending on how you, how you can view this and guide this. And there, there's, there's a few different ways that we handle this thing. Some uh, like to run at it, and some like to run away from it. All right? You guys interested in what we're talking about today? The word is conflict. Conflict. This is a big climate shaper in our lives. There can be a lot of emotions attached to, uh, to conflicts. Um, in fact, my wife, we're talking about this, the, the, the series and this message, and she asked me, she says, well, what was the, like, the, most, the, the, the biggest conflict you ever had in your life? And the minute she asked that question, it, this is unique, because usually when somebody asks me a question, I think about it, you know, I kind of try to figure it out. Like if you asked me my most embarrassing moment, it would probably take me a long time to think about, you know, maybe one or two embarrassing moments in my life. And um, it, it, that's not what happened in this case. She asked me, and instantly about four or five things popped up to my mind, like instantly. Like I didn't even have to really like think much. And the reason is because conflict is a lot of times tied to emotion, right? We felt something in that, in that moment when, when there was a, a heated argument or there was a misunderstanding or whatever, or an accusation, whatever it was, those emotions are tied to it. And like, all those emotions can come flooding back and you think, wow, that's, that's pretty powerful connection there. Um, and, and, and when she asked me that question, I thought of a few right away, like, man, that was, I didn't like that. That was not good. Um, and, and it just came to my, to my mind. So it, it, it was easy for me to, to recall those. When it comes to um, conflict, here's the truth that I want you to walk away with from today. The climate of your relationship improves when conflict is resolved, not ignored. So if you want a better climate relation with others, you have to learn how to, how to do conflict in a healthy way how to have conflict, how to be able to engage and talk with others uh, in a healthy way so that you can resolve it, not ignore it. Because as long as you ignore it, man, that climate will not improve. It'll just, you know, you can fake it, you can walk through it, but it'll never improve. 
Um, and here's the, here's the thing. The absence of conflict does not necessarily mean a relationship is healthy. Uh, people, you know, you can meet some people and say, I never fight, whatever. And I, I think I understand what they mean. But there's, there's always conflict. There, it, it's part of life. It's not a bad thing. Uh, we can, we look, a lot of people look at it as bad. Especially if you're afraid of conflict and you always run from it, it's going to be really hard to improve in things because uh, there's an element in conflict that helps us uh, to get better. Um, if, if there's no conflict at all in a relationship, it might just mean two parties, both parties are passive and don't want to address anything. And that's not healthy because eventually things will boil up and things will eventually come to the top. So we need to learn how to, to be able to um, have conflict. If you have conflict, you're human. If you're human, you're going to have conflict. It's just part of it. I have conflict with my kids. Sometimes I have conflict with my wife. Uh, we're not perfect. It just happens. Things go on in our day. We're human. Emotions happen, right? So it's, it's learning how to, how, to, how to resolve conflict, not just ignore it or run away from it. Because here's, here's the truth about conflict. Conflict, it reveals character. I believe one of the reasons that conflict is actually good for us because it reveals things to us that need to be revealed in our own life. And when conflicts come up, that reveals something about us. It, um, throughout the Bible, you can look at all the different characters in the Bible. Every single one of them had some type of conflict at some point in their, in their, in their story, in their life. It's there. Every, everyone, Jesus had conflict. Um, there's conflict. We, the first message we talked about, Cain and Abel. There was a big conflict there. God was trying to help Cain, and Cain ignored him, and he ran from that. He didn't embrace that conflict. He didn't embrace and, and learn. He went away from it. So it reveals who we are. It reveals the real me, the real you. When there's a conflict, it comes out. And here's the thing about character, like righteousness, it's formed. It's not just possessed. Uh, you don't just have it, like all of a sudden. You don't just say a prayer, and all of a sudden you have the perfect character. It's, it's, it's formed in us. It takes time for us to develop character, know how to respond in different situations. So conflict can actually be a great way to help us do that. And a lot of times what is presented as a problem is really just a symptom of what lies underneath. It's not the real problem. Um, we see things, the conflict might, you know, whatever's in front of us, we see it, and sometimes that's not even the real problem. Like when you're in a conflict, it, it could be that whatever's happening right now in this conflict is really about this way over here, five years ago, six years ago, 40 years ago. In some cases, that's what it is. People have drugged it with them, or the day before something happened, and they drug it with them to the next day. Their climate didn't change. They brought it with them, and now the conflict you're having, it's really a small part of what's happening right now, but it's really something else. And what's presented sometimes as the problem is just a symptom. In fact, like, like an iceberg, uh, what you see on the tip of the surface is just, it's just the tip of the iceberg, right? That's what they say. It's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole bunch of other stuff underneath that's going on. History, um, how things have happened, what has taken place in our lives. In fact, there's, there's like, we get potholes during winter, you know, because the, the, the rain gets in the concrete and then it, it expands and it breaks. Well, up, up um, in New England, during the winters, they get what they call frost heaves. It's kind of similar to potholes, but just a little worse. Uh, what happens is the water gets underneath the, the, the surface of the asphalt and the, um, of the roads. And then at night it freezes and it makes, it makes the road crack and it lifts up. And so they call frost heaves. And they can be anywhere from one inch to sometimes six inches that this road will change overnight. If you're not paying attention, you can mess up your car because um, they just get really, really separated. Well, every spring, every summer, they, the people go back and they fix the roads, right? They, they push them back down and get it all. And then the next winter is the same thing, sometimes worse. Um, and people get mad at the people that fix the roads because they didn't fix the roads. Well, it's really not the surface. That's not the issue. It's what's happening underneath that's the real issue. The thing, the undercurrent, the things that are way below that you don't see, that's what's really causing it. How do you prevent the water to get under so it doesn't freeze and push it up? Well, that's kind of when it comes to conflict. A lot of times what we see and what's presented as a problem is really just a symptom of something that's deeper. And this can help you in conflict because when you understand that, you can respond better. 
In fact, when, when, when we have conflict, we tend to respond, we, we always respond out of our character, usually, not usually out of knowledge. What I mean by that is when you're in a heated um, argument, when you're in a heated, um, the emotions start getting hot, um, the, the, the reason goes out the window, right? And it's all of a sudden, it's now like, oh, I'm going to tell you, my, I'm going to speak my mind to you, I'm going to let you have it. Because we don't, we tend, we operate out of, out of our character, not out of knowledge. And so if your character has not been refined and being developed and you're not allowing God to work in you, you're going to respond out of an unhealthy, unhealthy way. But when you let God allow it to work in your life, he'll help you to, to develop your character. You'll learn how to respond in a healthier way. When, we're for, when Sincerity and I were first married, when we'd have conflict, it was, not, it was not always good and healthy because there was two people that have lived two different ways for a long time that now are married. You come together and, and uh, they weren't always fun conflict and we didn't always resolve it correctly. And then as we matured and we developed our relationship, our conflicts are better, get better all the time. And they still happen, and they're still, it's still important um, to, to, to resolve them, to move through it, but they're there. So when emotions get hot, reason goes out the window. Any guys watching the playoffs? Yeah, what team out there? Who are you going for? I heard a Seahawk. I heard a Bronco. All right, Seahawks. Cardinals. Yeah, we got a Cardinal. They won last night. It was a great game. Did anybody see last week's game, the Bengals and the Steelers? I'll show you a picture here. We respond out of character, not out of knowledge. And uh, this is one of the players that let his emotions run wild. Um, and just there were some really bad mistakes in this football game, and it cost them the game. Uh, they, they pretty much gave it to the Steelers and said, hey, we really don't want to be in the playoffs. Here you guys go. Go to the next level. Um, and they lost it because they let their emotions control and dictate the climate. And they let the climate of the other team dictate how they were going to respond. And because they operated out of emotions, they made dumb plays, and they messed up the opportunity to move, advance into the, into the playoffs. Um, we have, we have uh, one of our team members, Shannon Jones. He loves the Bengals. And so I was kind of rooting for them because they haven't done good in a long time, and they're doing good this year. And uh, it was, I was hoping they'd do well. I'm not dissing him. That, that was good. Shannon, I'm sorry. I showed him this picture today. I'm like, sorry, Shannon. It brings back those memories of, oh, that conflict was not done well. It was not handled. But really, the surface, we're seeing something that's really deeper than that. Um, honestly, probably some of these guys, even though they're grown men, have not dealt with stuff, and they, they're carrying it with them into their into their adulthood. And they're, they, that's really the there's deeper things going on there. So the answer is not to run away or avoid conflict, but it's to resolve it, get to the core issue of what's really going on. Uh, don't let the climate of others dictate what you're doing. In fact, if you can imagine on me right here, in my my pocket, I had a thermostat that that controlled the climate of my emotions and the climate of my, my relational climate with others. Um, you know, if I had that and I can, you know, beep, 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 type it in like sunny, that'd be awesome, right? Like I choose sunny today. I want a good climate. Um, what happens a lot of times when, when we encounter others that have, have that climate, kind of like Robert, you brought some, some visuals, right? Um, we let, we encounter others. We go from, you know, having a great day to all of a sudden now it's stormy. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like we essentially say, hey, here's my, here's the thermostat for my emotions for my life. Would you just, just do what you want to do with them? And I'll respond the same way. Um, the answer is to stop doing that. You know, don't give the other person the control. How, how long are you going to let that, that, that happen? Here's a truth that has helped me learn when it comes to people and conflict is hurting people, they hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. The reason they're, they're lashing out is because they have a hurt. You might have touched, you might have got to, and now they're lashing out because they're hurting. When you understand that, that when somebody is trying to hurt you, it's most likely because they're hurt, not because they don't like you, not because whatever the reason. There's just an issue there. And, and it helps us to be free from understanding, okay, uh, this is really not about me at this moment a lot of times because it's something, it's really about that thing, not about this. 
because there's a hurt there that hasn't been dealt with or whatever. Our job, especially as Christians, if you're not a Christian, we're going to talk about some principles that apply to you. But if you're a Christian, God invites us to be what he is to the people around us, to be gracious, to be loving, to be kind. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So, so um, what's it really about? That's what you have to ask. This conflict, what is it really about? Like, okay, I know I ate your burger and you're mad at me, but is it really about that or is it really about something else? Or I, I know I didn't do something that you wanted me to do, but is it really about, you know, that thing? Or is it really about something else? And I know I, I, know I cut you off in traffic there. Sorry about that. But is it really about that? Because it's not a big deal. You're not going to be that late, maybe a couple seconds later. There's no reason to pull out a gun, right? What is it really about? What are the deeper issues? Because there's something deeper going on. It's hurting people. They hurt people. What's it really about? There's, there's a story I remember hearing as a teenager, and it's, it's always just kind of stuck in my mind when it comes to um, kind of gauging what people are going through. Uh, there's a man uh, after work. He gets on a train, and he's going home after work. And he's sitting down the train reading his paper, and across from him there's a lady with three kids. And her kids are just going crazy. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're jumping on the seats, jumping off the seats, you know, bumping into his paper he's trying to read. And, uh, you know, for a few miles he kind of just ignores it, tries to keep reading, not focused. And after a while he starts getting annoyed and getting frustrated, and he says, okay, I have to, I have to say something. And he says, ma'am, can you control your kids? They're, they're bothering me. And uh, she doesn't really hear him at first. She's like, I, maybe she can hear him. She says, ma'am, excuse me. And she kind of looks up from like a, a daze, uh, and, and she looks up, and um, he says, can you control your kids? They're bothering me. And she says, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yes, I'll, I'll control them. Uh, I, just, I just found out their father died, and I'm trying to figure out how to explain it to my kids. Um, and in that moment, you can imagine what the man felt, right? Yeah, this paper's really not that important. Let your kids jump on the couch let, or whatever, the, the seats. Because a lot of times we assume what other people are, are going through when they, there's something maybe deeper and greater going on in that moment. So the question here I want to ask you today is how long are you going to get let the offense that's happened maybe in the past, maybe that happened to that, that you know that will happen that causes the conflict, how long will you let that offense di- dictate your climate? Somebody cuts you off in traffic. How long are you going to let that offense dictate your climate? If you want it to, it can affect your whole day and you can be mad the whole day. Or you can say, you know what, it's really not big of a deal. That guy's in a rush. Maybe there's an emergency going on. I'm going to just let it go. I'm going to move on. How are you going to – how? Because here's what the Bible says about, about um, what God is inviting us into. Uh, it's a biblical principle that we forgive because God forgave us. In fact, he invites us to be peacemakers. He doesn't call us to be peacekeepers, but to be peacemakers. A peacemaker is somebody that wants to make peace, which means you have to sometimes embrace conflict and sometimes uh, resolve conflict. A peacekeeper will avoid conflict and will run away just to keep the peace. But it's a false peace because as long as that under undercurrent that it, that deep core issue is not resolved there really isn't peace you're just ignoring and pretending it's not there when it really is the answer is not to ignore it but to embrace it in james 3:18 actually the um the, the bible says that uh, peacemakers who sow in peace will will reap a harvest of good stuff of righteousness like when we sow seeds of peace and we try to make peace with people we're going to sow something good in our lives because remember the climate of your relationship improves when conflict is resolved not when it's ignored. Climates in you with your boss, climates with your spouse, with your kids will be resolved, uh, will, will improve when it's resolved, not when you keep ignoring whatever's happened. But let's learn to let go, to, to embrace and forgive and, and move on from those offenses. They don't dictate. Some people carry offenses for 40, 50 years, and they drag it in with them into their future, and, and they're so upset that their climate is, is, is you know overcast and stormy, they've been carrying it with them where really they're in control of it. Even in the worst circumstances where those things should have never happened, 
we all still have a choice to say, I need to move past this. How long am I going to let this dictate and control my life? When can I move forward? Proverbs was written by a man named Solomon. He asked God for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. So besides Jesus, he's the wisest man who ever lived on the face of the earth. So the Bible talks about Solomon being this wise man. Well, he wrote this in Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. He says, don't let these two things ever leave you. He says in, in Proverbs 3, 4, he says, tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you'll earn a good reputation. So there's, he says there's these two things that you need to have in your life if you want to find favor with God and you want to find favor with people and if you want to have a good reputation. If I asked every single person in this room, would you like to have a good reputation? And would you like to have favor with God? And would you like to have favor with people? We'd all raise our hand, right? We'd be like, yeah, I want, I want favor with God. I want favor with people. I want a good reputation. Well, out of wisdom, Solomon writes this and says, you need to have these two things if you want to have a healthy relationship with God, healthy relationship with people, and if you want to have a good reputation. It's in, and note that this, this is a principle. It's, it's, a, it's out of wisdom. He's saying if you do these things, here's the results that's going to happen. If you bind these two things around your neck, if you, if you, if you write them on the tablet of your heart, and you'll find favor when a name, a good name in the sight of God. So we all like that. The first one is this. The first blank is loyalty. So never let loyalty leave, leave, your, leave, um, leave you. Uh, loyalty, it's, 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 not, it's not something we think about when it comes to conflict. Like, that's not the first thing I think about. Okay, I'm about to have a conflict. Man, I should really think about loyalty here. But here's, here's what, he, here was what the Bible is saying in Proverbs. He's saying uh, when, when um, you're facing something, if loyalty is saying, I believe in this relationship so much that I'm willing to work on it. I'm going to be loyal to you. In fact, when we choose to avoid conflict, we're being disloyal to the person we're with. Like, for example, husband and wife, if there's a conflict, and, and maybe your husband that just wants, maybe you're passive, and maybe for good reason, maybe you don't want to get in a heated argument, but you ignore, ignore the conflict, and you run away from it, and for a long time, you just keep running and running and running. Really what's happening is you're being disloyal to your wife because you don't believe in the relationship enough to say, all right, let's walk through this. And really what happens to happen for a healthy relationship is you have to address that conflict and that issue and say, all right, this is not working, this is not healthy, let's have a healthy conversation about it. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's have a good uh, talk about this. Let's resolve this. Because as long as we avoid conflict, we're being disloyal. One, we're being disloyal to God because he's calling us to be the kind of people that resolve things, the kind of people that, that bring peace and make peace, not run from things. And then we're being disloyal to those relationships that we have. If, if you work for a company and there's a conflict you don't resolve, you're being disloyal to that company because you're not helping it be the best company that it can be because you ignored it. And that means it's a weaker company or a school. If there's a conflict happening in school, whatever, you're not, you're not addressing that. You're being disloyal to, to, to the process that you're going through. We're, we're supposed to embrace these things and move forward so we can, we can learn. So the first thing is, is um, uh, loyalty, and the second thing is kindness. So we don't have to run away, but kindness. So never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. And then you will find favor with both God and people, and you earn a good reputation. Would you go back to that kindness one for me? So kindness. In, in management, management theorists have come up with this term um, when it comes to, to the word kindness and when it comes to um, how to handle conflict in, in the business sector. So this is not this, – it's interesting is, is what they've said is the, almost the exact same thing the Bible says. Management theorists, okay, they came up with a term for it. It's called the fundamental attribution error. That's a fancy way just to say um, that we project motives into people when something comes up. When there's a conflict, we project the motive of that person. 
So the fundamental attribution error, what that means is when, when there's a conflict, the number one mistake people make is to assume the motive of the other person. We assume the motive of the other person, and, and, and we don't seek to understand really what's going on. And that's what gets people in trouble when it comes to, well, when it comes to managing a business. They say when you assume the motive of somebody else, you're assuming something that might not be true, which can lead to a, maybe a, a greater heated argument um, or a misunderstanding um, to, a, to a, a hurt relationship. So, so the answer is um, not to assume motive, but to seek to understand what's going on. And, and what they call this, they actually say this in, in the management theorist. They say when you do this, you're extending kindness to the other person. Because you're wanting to know really what's going on, not assuming what you think is happening. You don't make the assumption. You say, all right, tell me, what, what's this really about? Isn't that interesting? Proverbs, the wisdom, book of wisdom, you know, right? Solomon says, man, you need to have these two things, loyalty and kindness. Like, keep them around you because when you're loyal to people, you're going to fight for what you believe in. You're going to fight for health. You're going to do what, the hard things because you want healthy relationships. And then when, when conflict comes up, you're going to extend kindness, Exactly what God does to us. Even though we don't deserve it, he says, I'm going to extend kindness. I'm going to try to help you to have a better life. And he invites us into that relationship. So it's about seeking our sense, about uh, extending kindness to others. So let's read this one more time. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4. Never let loyalty or kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. You want to have a good reputation? You want to have a good relationship with God and a good relationship with others? He's saying you have to have loyalty and kindness. Loyalty. You stick with what you're doing because you're loyal. You're, you're committed. You're willing to have those conversations. You're willing to have conflict. You're willing to, to be able to make peace with others. And you're willing to extend kindness to others. You want to have healthy relationships? Here are the ingredients. Be loyal. Whatever it is, and extend kindness. Be loyal. Extend kindness. If, 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 wherever you work, whatever, whatever relationship you're in, and extend the kindness. To, to, for me as a father, to my kids, there's moments that I need to say, all right, I'm assuming something right now that happened because there's a broken plate on the floor. But before I, you get in trouble for you know grounding for the next two weeks, would you explain what happened? And sometimes when our kids explain things, everything I thought was, you know, wasn't even true. It's like, oh, you mean the dog did that? It wasn't you? I'm glad I didn't get mad at you because it wasn't your fault. When you seek to understand, right, we don't, assume motives we don't we don't get ourselves in trouble because the truth is the climate of our relationships will approve when conflict is resolved not when it's ignored this week this year you want healthy relationships you can't ignore things that go on you have to be able to say we need to resolve this we need to talk about this we need to do it in a healthy way in fact proverbs says proverbs 16 7 says that when people's lives please the lord even his he'll even make his enemies at peace with him like when you're alive, when you begin to live the way God wants you to, he's going to make even the people that don't want anything to do with you have peace with you. That's one of the promises of Proverbs. When you please God, even your enemies will be at peace with you. It's awesome because we, it, it's, I guess you call it the God factor. We don't know all the things that take place, but when we begin to walk and we're truthful to God, we're loyal uh, to God, and we do it his way, there's this element that comes with him that, that, that he brings to our life that changes things. can't explain. We pray, God shows up, he responds. We act, he shows up, things change. And he invites us into that. So here's our challenge for today. All right, our challenge is this. Fight for healthy relationships this week by showing loyalty and extending kindness as you attempt to resolve conflict. This week, you will have conflict. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's just little. But instead of running away, would you be able to say, all right, how can I handle this? 
the first the first message we talked about Cain. If Cain would have just um, engaged in the in the conflict with God that he didn't want, he would not have killed his brother. He would have responded a different way. But because he let emotions take over and he was he let the emotions dictate his actions, he made choices that he regretted that ruined everything. It actually brought death to that relationship. Two relationships brought death to God's relationship, his relationship with God, and it was death to his relationship with his brother. When we avoid, when we run, we potentially can bring death of relationships because we're not willing to be loyal enough to fight for them. So when I say fight for healthy relationships, do it in a healthy way. I'm not saying you yell at people and, you know, to resolve things. Do it, in, do it in a way that you say this is willing to fight for. It, it, I'm willing to do this. Husbands and wives, man, be able to work on your marriage. Communicate well. Learn these things. Get tools. If you don't know how to do it, maybe you've, it's been modeled for you really bad how to handle conflict. Man, get some tools. Learn how to how to manage manage your you know anger, your emotions. Do things in a healthy way. My wife and I have learned certain times that we shouldn't have conversations at certain times during the week. Um, it's just not good. We used to. Have, I'll just give you an example. When when um, we used to work in Burnley at a church, every single Wednesday afternoon we'd fight. Like I'm like I hate Wednesday afternoons because we fight every Wednesday afternoon. Um, and then we begin to talk about like, why is it Wednesday? Why can't we fight on Thursday? Cause I, I have to I do student ministry and teach them and it's hard to teach when you're angry. Right. And so like, why are we fighting on Wednesdays all the time? And we begin to talk about it and say, well, it's just, it's an intense day. There's a lot that goes on that day. Um, why don't we figure out, and we begin to realize it's not a good day to talk about things. So we stopped talking about whatever, um, on Wednesday afternoon and we stopped fighting. It was amazing. Just because we understood that's, that that day, the forecast for that day is partly cloudy, all right? Because there's a lot going on. So let's not have any kind of discussions because it could lead to stormy into, you know, the, the whatever, tornado stuff going on. We don't want that. We learn to handle it because you, you pay attention. Uh, invite God into the process like we talked about. Um, so if we do this, our climates will begin to change. Can you imagine going from stormy to partly cloudy to even sun in some of those relationships? I mean, if, you, if, if I ask you the conflicts that you've been having, can you imagine in those relationships the climate changing? Some of you might think, man, I don't think that would ever happen. That has always been like that for my whole life. Well, what if you invited God to help you with that? What if you begin to seek to understand? What if you begin to embrace that conflict? And in the middle of it, when your emotions rise up and you get so angry, say, what about my character is being revealed right now that I need to let God work in? What is happening there? And we embrace it as a good thing to learn from, not a bad thing to run from. I promise it'd be good. Your, your relationships could begin to change. And then there's a part of it, even if the other person doesn't want to change and the climate, they want to keep that climate for the rest of their lives, you don't have to live in that climate. You can learn to forgive. You can learn to move on so you can be healthy and free from that and walk into a better climate. Choice is yours. Choice is ours. So today I've talked a lot about conflict and being peacemakers. There's this element that Really, a lot of this applies to Christians. Uh, if you're here and you're not a Christian, can I just tell you, let me, let me tell you this. Um, everything that I've talked about, God wants for your life. He wants you to have peace. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to have good things. And he did the very work that we've been talking about. He came to this earth to make peace for us. Because there, there was a breakdown in our relationship with God because of sin. And he came to give us a way back to him. So a lot of these principles, they, they, they apply to Christians who are walking this and saying, I want to be a peacekeeper, because a peacemaker because God is a peacemaker and God is calling us to follow his lead. Well, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you know, that's great that you can make peace with others. That's good. But, but the most important thing you can do is make peace with God first because things change. I can tell you there's people in, the, in this room that whatever you faced, whatever you've gone through, 
People have gone through worse. I guarantee it. If you told me your story, I could tell you, yeah, let me tell you about this person's story. Man, they've, they've overcome that. You can do it. In our small group, we had, we had some great conversations about one, one, one guy in our group. He t- told his story about what things he overcame. Somebody else in our group said, man, I, I have hope. I can overcome then. It doesn't have to control. It doesn't have to hold on. Whatever you're facing, others have gone through that, and they've made it through. You can make it through. Don't let those excuses, don't let those lies, don't let those things stop you from becoming healthy, having a healthy relationship with God. You know, as a church, our desire is to see, is to see healthy people. You know, people become healthy. In fact, we say healthy people, man, they do healthy things. We want to be a help to our community. We want to be a help to Santa Fe to see people become healthy in our relationships. Just in this room alone, can you imagine if we embraced that kind of uh, outlook? If we begin to say, you know what, this week, how can I... How can I embrace conflict in a healthy way that when it shows up, I can bring about peace in this situation? And there's somebody that's, that's, that's freaking out because of whatever's going on, and you're able to step in and say, hey, can I help you? Can I pray for you? Can I encourage you? And just in this room alone, you can see the climate over Santa Fe relationally and mo- emotionally changing if we begin to learn how to do that. That's what, that's what the group's about. We want to help Santa Fe become better. We want people to come to know God. So I was sorry, I kind of got sidetracked. I was talking to you. If you're not a Christian, my invitation to you is become a Christian. It's the greatest thing. One of the greatest things about being a Christian is God invites us to be what he is to the world. He wants us to, we, we embrace conflict because we want to see redemption. We want to see things made better. And he invites us into that process. In your life, he wants to bring healing. He wants to bring freedom from addictions, from the past, from whatever it is that you're facing. And it's amazing to see when somebody embraces the truth of the Bible and the scripture that Jesus says, if you do these things, man, you'll, you won't stumble. You'll be able to find freedom. You'll be able to find health. It's amazing to see the turnaround. My, my story of finding Christ the same way, my family coming out of a, um, some unhealthy lifestyles, moving into a, a place where God begins to show up in a powerful way, and things change. I had a conversation with a man yesterday. His sons, he, he became a Christian just a few years back. And his sons say, Dad, we don't know how to interact with you because you're so different now. We're used to the yelling and we're used to all the things that came with your old person. But this new person, man, we don't know how to do it because there's just something so different. And he said, my kids recognize something in my life that is so drastic and different. I'm a different person. They're having to learn how to, how to interact with me. And it's a good thing. There's love and there's kindness and there's patience. There's all these things that come that, that God has given him that he's able to now enjoy in life. It's amazing to hear the stories. People embrace that. So today as we end the service, my invitation for you is, would you make peace with God? You know, For all of us, take this challenge and embrace conflict and attempt to resolve. Show loyalty and kindness. But if you're here today and you need that first step, I want to invite you to do that. Would you, would you close your eyes, bow your heads today as we close the service? If you're here today and you came and you're looking for answers, you're looking for freedom, for help with your life, uh, the first step that I would invite you to do to take is, is to just ask God to lead and guide and direct your life. The, the Bible calls it let, allow him to be the Lord of your life, the boss of your life. Like you surrender, you let go of control and you say, God, I want, I want, I want your help. The Bible says in Romans that if we confess with our mouth, we believe in our heart, and if we confess our sins and we believe in our heart that God sent Jesus, he died on that cross and rose from the grave, 
we'll be saved. Like things change. There's a new start. The Bible uses language like we become a new person. Today, some of you here need to become new people. You need to have a new start where you say, God, I need your help. Forgive me. And he begins to lead your life forward. If that's you and you're here today, you need a new start. You want to say, God, I need help. Forgive me. Would you just raise your hand? I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Awesome. I won't call you down to the front. Just pray right there in your seat. Awesome. Just a few hands went up. Anybody else? I need a new start. I need help. For you that raised your hand, would you would you just say this prayer with me? A simple prayer, just saying, God, forgive me of my my choices, my sin, my past. And you're going to invite him just to say, God, would you help me? Would you lead me from here on out? Just pray this with me. If you raise your hand, some of you that are Christians, you want to join us to encourage them, do it with us. Say, Father God, today I admit that I need your help. Forgive me for my past, for my faults, for my sin. Thank you for dying on that cross for me, for giving us a better way to live. Today, I ask you to be the boss, to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow your lead. I want your help from this day forward. I'll go where you lead me. I'll follow you. Please help me to do this. And Jesus, now I pray. Amen.